Yo, yo, this is Justin B. Bieber. Hey, it's Ariana Grande. Just the interviews. A Zach Sang Show exclusive podcast. Hello, beautiful human. We have a lot going on here, but before we start, i got to tell you about Total Wireless. I'm a big fan of Total Wireless. I made the switch, and now is the time to make the switch. You can do it with uh, Total Confidence. Total Wireless, Total Confidence. We're going to put a link in the bio if you want to learn more. Sanchez is here. Daniel is here. Hey. And I'm so excited to welcome back to the studio Kid Crow. Hey. Why am I clapping for myself? Conan Gray. (laughs) Very good, Conan. (laughs) (laughs) Is Kid Crow a title that you go by now? Um, I wish. No, it's actually just an inside joke that me and my friends have. And it's not even a deep one. It's just that we all have like animals for each other and I'm a crow. What? It's really that simple. <laughs> I understand it. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, that's the thing. It's like, I, I think I am a crow because I was assigned that via my friends. I trust my friends' judgment of me more than I trust my own judgment of myself. And I think, you know, I tend to be darker, but I'm not, I'm, I don't take life too seriously. I'm not like dark sad you know it's like the the music is very sarcastic and then and, and i think it's just it's just me you know my my childhood was dark enough so like we can my adulthood is very like nonchalant like yeah that hurt oh well but i feel like a crow is a sarcastic bird exactly doesn't that make sense i think crows are sarcastic birds if you type in what does it mean to be a crow on google it says crow is a symbol of bad luck and death perfect oh perfect <laughs> fitting <laughs> Perfect. You mentioned the. All I'm hearing is that I chose a great title. (laughs) (laughs) You mentioned death on this album. Oh my god, I talk about dying so much in my music. I'm like, ooh, I hope I die, like all the time. Also, I'm always like, I hope you die. It's actually, actually, my A and R guy at my label counted the amount of times that I said "kill" and "die" in my album, and he said I needed to cut them in half. (laughs) So, do you take that criticism and actually do it? What do you think, Zach? <laughs> no. No. I did not listen at all. It's all over the album. When did you know this album was finished? Uh, when my deadline came. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, the, it, I think I just wrote so many songs. I was like, Conan, no, you're not going to squeeze anything out of your ass anymore. Like, you've done enough. It's done. You've written, like, 200 songs. Whoa. It's enough. And then it's And then I just... Decided to pick the the top twelve. Yeah. So uh, how how does that work? Like, do you write two hundred and then try to weave together a story out of the two hundred? It's like a it's like a battle. Like you, you we put the like t- our top. You know, as I write them, like this one will like beat out that one, and then we're like, okay, forget that song. I, I did a better version of that song already. You know, it's kind of like we figured out what I liked the most. Also, like what stuck with us over the album. Like you know, sometimes I'll write a song and I'll like forget about it. And then three months later, I'll like still be stuck in my head. I'm like, that's actually a pretty good song. Like, maybe it should be on the album. It was a very, very like natural process of like finding what felt the most like me um, on an album. Because also, it's it's my debut, so I gotta say what I need to say. Yeah, you gotta. I mean, do you feel pressure to share as much about who you are as possible? I think I think people know enough to where like anything I say won't really shock them. But I also think on the album, I talk about a lot of stuff that I guess. I haven't really talked about much, but also, like, I've been kind of, I don't know, it is scary, because there's a lot that I say on the album that, like, I'm I'm afraid when people have it that they're going to, like, interpret things weird, or, like, be like, oh, Conan Gray is a horrible person, or, like, stuff like that, whatever, we'll see. Let's go through some of these records. Because mm-hmm. I've listened- You've heard it. Oh, I've listened to the You're album. You're, like, one of the few people. I'm so excited. I mean, yeah. I- I've listened to it, like, probably four or five times by now. Mm. Oh, my God, I'm so happy. I'm <laughs> obsessed. <laughs> Thank you. I, wa- I listened to it on repeat. 
over the weekend. Listened to mm. it today two times. Dan got it late, and he's <laughs> both of us got it late. He's, it was given to us about an hour ago. <laughs> oh, perfect. Oh, you Thank know, you so much, Zach. <laughs> got one full listen through though, good. so I do have questions. Okay, good, good. We'll good. get to that. But we need to know something. <laughs> it's a secret body of work right now. It is out as we as you, we speak. Yeah. yeah, as we speak, this con- this album is out, so you need to listen to it. Um, let's start. I I, I don't want to cover the songs that are out. Except yeah. for uh, the story, which is an incredible record, but you mm. end the album with that. So let's mm-hmm. start at the the, the bottom. Mm-hmm. Why is the story the right way to end your debut? I think that like the whole album is like chaos. It's all over the place. There's like you know, it's like love life stuff and like childhood stuff and all this stuff. It's like this big mess. And the story is the last song where it's like, okay, I know I said a lot on the album, <laughs> and like I know I said like a lot of a lot of, sh- but like regardless of how tough the past two years have been and also like how tough my life has been like it's really not the end of of this and also like I just liked the idea of like the end of my debut album like my first full body of work being like like I'll see you next time you know it's like it's not the end of the story it's like the very last lyric on the whole entire album so it made it made me smile okay (laughs) (laughs) I really do feel like the entire album is summarized in the story it kind of summarizes these stories that Correct me if I'm wrong. It sounds like you're talking about two different sets of people. Yeah, I mean, also like the, that song in particular, like, doesn't really just talk about me. It talks about like my friends growing up and like like literal stories that I heard, like you know, going around high school and stuff like that. At what stage in this whole process was that song finished? So the thing about that song is really funny. Is like I distinctly remember writing it, being like, hate that song. Like I literally was like, gross, gross, gross. I think. And then I played it for some of my friends, and they're like, what are you talking about? Like, that's a great song. And I'm like, isn't it disgusting? They're like, no. Um, and I think I think, kind of deep down, I didn't really want to release it because I was scared of, like, telling people a little bit too much about myself, you know? Like, I really, I am, even though I say a lot in the music, like, there's definitely a genuine fear that I'm, like, ha- that I have to tell people so much about myself. I'm not, I'm not, like, an extremely public person. So, um, yeah, I, I... I don't know with that song I wrote it really really fast I was sitting in bed it was just like a normal day and I was just kind of wallowing in in my past and it just kind of happened and I was like oh that was way too much like I just said way too much it was scary an overshare yeah for sure but, but like something people I think found a little bit of solace in which I think is important yeah and it's anthemic and it makes you feel and it gives you hope and mm. it, it gives you motivation to keep going yeah I mean it's like I think when you're a kid like every single thing that happens to you feels like the end of the world like when you're six years old and and like I grew up in an abusive household like it when you're six years old and you grew up grew up in an abusive household you can't really imagine not being six years old you can think like oh like maybe one day but it's it's hard to tell and so I, I think like I wanted to tell people all people no matter like what age you are that like no matter what you're going through like I kept kicking and like everything is fine now <laughs> everything's like better than fine like my life is I can't even believe it's real. And, um, and like, if you just, like, even if you feel like it's really the end of your road, like, I promise it's not. And I think that's an important thing for people to hear every once in a while, even if it's, like, you listen to it once and you're like, ouch, you know? <laughs> but I think that is something that you need to remember. Even though it feels like there's no end in sight, there is always an end in sight. Yeah. But you got to keep moving forward. You just got to keep going. The story is beautiful. Thanks. I thank you for sharing it. Let's go to Wish You Were Sober. Is this about a lover? Is this about a family member? 
There's, I mean, one, it's a bop, dude. Thanks. It's so <laughs> catchy, and I've been singing it. Good, thanks. But Thank it's you very much. also deep as f- <laughs> Yeah, that, I think that's one of a classic, like, uh, classic kind of case of me taking a kind of situation, like a kind of not so good situation, and making it, like, fun, you know, <laughs> which is very like me. Like, I don't, like I, like I said, I don't take stuff too seriously. And, like, when something bad happens to me, I'm like, haha, oh well, you know? I think that's, like, a generational thing. Um, but, yeah, basically, like, there's this person that I really, 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 really liked. And I wrote, like, so many songs about them. <laughs> like, way too many songs about them. Um, and, basically, they they would never tell me that they liked me back unless they were blackout drunk. Like, crazy drunk. Like, slurring words. Weird FaceTime at 3 in the morning drunk. And I'd be like, it's a weird feeling because it's bittersweet. You're like, yay, this person likes me. But, also, they can't tell me that unless they're Hammer. on a different planet, you know? So, what is it? What do you mean? What kind of relationship is that? I mean, I wasn't dating them. I was just like, I love you. <laughs> and they were like, I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and and of course, me, just like the songwriter that I am, I was like, okay, well, I have to write albums about you because I'm an idiot. But yeah, no, I never dated this person. I've never dated anyone. Like I've said, nothing has changed since then. I'm still <laughs> Since the last interview, literally just chilling. But this song is like... <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I when I listen to it, it takes on a different meaning for me. But I could hear the relationship side of it. Um, I, there's always somebody in your life, or a couple people in your life, that you wish when you're around them that they were just sober because yeah. they're acting like fools. Yeah. Also, it's like I think when you like someone, you just like overall, you just want them to like you back. That's just how your brain is. You're like, please like me, please like me, please like me. And then and then when that when that like moment where you're like we like you, um, is ruined by them being, like, vomit drunk, then it's, like, not really that great of a... It's not, like, that, like, classic, like, movie moment that you were expecting. You're, like, where are the cameras? You know, it's, like... Not so cute anymore. Not that cute. It's not a meat cute. Yeah, not a meat cute. No. Do you have a vice? A vice. I think my vice is working. Get out of here. I'm serious. Look, I, I just, like, my vice is, like, work so hard that I barely even know where I am and like I can't my eyes can't focus on anything I'm like where am I like that that's what like that's what gets me what do you consider work I mean everything like touring till I can't like breathe like all that kind of stuff like it's stuff that I it's stuff that I like to do too which is I think is why it's my advice I'm like yay but it's also you know I definitely run myself into into the ground and my friends are like oh are you okay and I'm like I don't know are you okay leave me alone (laughs) (laughs) is writing music work no it never has been. I think that's why I write so many songs all the time. It's like, it's my way of de-stressing from work. And then the more I work, the more I want to write songs because I need to de-stress more. So it's like a vicious, extremely productive cycle of death. <laughs> it's productive. I'm I'm sure you're an overworker. I see that in you. I work very hard. And I have for a long time. But over but like, time, you, I finish. You, I use, you hide behind it, I think. I do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, that's, that's, what, that's what I do. I use it as my mechanism to not be social, yeah. to not be normal, yeah. to not do things. Yeah. yeah, it's a shield. Exactly. But I don't know if that's healthy. I mean, it's not, but... We're doing okay. We're fine. We're cool. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Zach Sancho. Yo, I am so sorry to interrupt, but you know what I gotta do? I gotta tell you about ASU. If you're considering going back to school, you gotta ask yourself the following questions. Do you need the flexibility to take classes on your schedule? Do you have college credits that you need transferred? Do you want to earn a quality degree from a world-renowned university? If you answered yes to any of those questions, beautiful human, Arizona State University is the perfect school for you. Hello. 
This weekend, I saw like a whole family wearing ASU sweatshirts. It was cute. I kind of wanted to join them. ASU offers over 200 highly ranked degree programs, 100% online. You're going to earn the same degree that you would on campus from wherever you are, totally on your schedule. Plus, ASU Online accepts most transfer credits. If you want more information, just text my name, Zach, to 35517. Learn for yourself why the Wall Street Journal ranks ASU fifth in the nation for producing the best qualified graduates and why 87% of ASU grads are recruited within 90 days. Learn to grow, learn to succeed, and learn to thrive at Arizona State University. To learn more about ASU online degrees, text Zach to 35517. That is Z-A-C-H to 35517. Kid Crow, I am sorry. When I was listening to the album, the one thing I don't know is who wrote these songs. But I heard you wrote almost all of them yourself. Oh, yeah. I wrote them all by myself. (laughs) (laughs) Except for one song. There's one song on the album called Little League. Yeah. That I wrote with Captain Cuts, which are like great, great, great guys. And we wrote it together. Um, But the whole album I wrote by myself. Um, some of the, some of the songs in, in bed, I don't know. Some of them I wrote like while I was on tour. Um, and also like, uh, you know, my producer, every once in a while, like throw in a lyric and I'm like, that's a good lyric. And like, <laughs> like we'll change that kind of stuff. But like, yeah, the whole album uh, is literally just like me sitting in bed being like, ah, and like writing <laughs> songs, um, in moments of sadness or like in moments of like, ha ha ha, life is ironically horrible. Do, you know, do you like realize how crazy that is? I don't. I don't know. Okay, like it's. I don't. I just write songs. I don't know. <laughs> it's amazing. Weren't, weren't you working with Ryan Tedder? He- I did. I was. I went into the studio with Ryan Tedder the other day. Also, like he's like. I want him to be my like songwriting dad. <laughs> he's like the coolest guy ever, and he like went on stage and like presented me to all these radio people. He was like, "This is Conan Gray." And I was like, "Who?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, he's wonderful, and that was such a cool experience because he's. I mean, undeniably like one of the biggest songwriters of our entire generation. But Ryan Tedder doesn't want to work with you until he hears songs from Kid Crow, <laughs> and until he realizes that you wrote these songs yourself. I wrote them by myself. <laughs> so, a song like "Wish You Were Sober" is that a song that you write right after? You have a run-in with this person, or is it something that, like, you kind of, like, let happen to you and then you think back months later? See, like, I think that the thing about me is, like, (laughs) my social life is so goddamn dry that, like, (laughs) literally one thing happens to me and I'm like, I can feed off of the crumbs of that for years. Like, I I can write albums about, like, one interaction dare you that's how i am like literally i just realized this is a really depressing thing but i've been writing songs about the same person now for five years five years and then the only other people that write songs about is one other person and then my best friend ashley who i've been friends with since i was in the seventh grade so it's like i don't write songs about a lot of people and the interactions that i had with these people wasn't even that big in the first place and i was like look at that crumb i'm gonna write a song about that like it's just that's just how i am but do you feed so do you think back to this crumb? Do you? Yeah, I'm like, oh, yum. Do you immediately Look at that crumb? <laughs> and I'm like, gotta write a song about that crumb. You Do know? you immediately milk the crumb? Yeah, that crumb is like gone. I'm How like, many That's songs song. on this album are about that one person? There's, f- oh, this is so depressing, guys. There's like five on this one. Out but of the twelve? Out of the twelve. But also the thing is, too, like, there were like two hundred songs that we whittled down to like the little, the the few songs that we had about each and every person. Um, so 190 of those songs are about this one person. I mean, you're not even thinking about the fight. That was just the past year. <laughs> so you have to think back to like, you know, 17-year-old Conan. What, what was he writing about? You know, this, the same person. That's the thing. Does that person know that you write about them? They don't need to know because they were a massive narcissist. 
So they'll be fine. They'll feed off of that. They'll be fine. Do you even talk <laughs> with this person? Still? No. No. Also, lately I've been writing songs about book characters and stuff because I just don't even have anything in my own boring ass life. You've except been... for Zach saying. <laughs> You've been reading. So I've been reading. <laughs> You've been reading a lot of books in the last week. You said that like it was like a crazy thing. Like, you've been reading. Who reads like, Wait, you know how to read? Like, <laughs> no, I have been reading. Um, I just learned how to read. Congratulations. Thanks, guys. Um, no, yeah, I've been reading. Also, because I'm like really scared of the internet these days. I just like don't go on anymore. It's a bad um, place, isn't it? It's scary. What, I, I, why do you say that all of a sudden? You know, the internet is like a place where like I grew up on the internet. But, like, sometimes I wish I had it because, like, it's just a scary place. Like, it's an extremely powerful tool. And I Mm -hmm. think that, like, we'll look back on this era of our lives where we're, like, this era of humanity where, like, we just now are learning how how insanely strong the Internet is and, like, kind of be like, holy, I can't believe we used to do stuff like that. You know, I think we'll, like, look back and be like. Wow, like that was bad, you know? I get it. It's a great power that has got, gotten yeah. out of hand. I think in 10 years we'll look back and be like, whoa, like, whoa, that was a lot. With great power comes great responsibility, yo. Yeah, yeah. And the, the, the internet really does give a human being endless possibilities yeah. to connect and to learn and to create and to kind of do anything, to speak uh, their yeah, voice. I wouldn't be sitting here if it wasn't for the internet. Me either? No. It's wild. So it is a little shocking when I hear you say. That the internet is a dangerous place. Or- it is a dangerous place. So I've just been reading books. Just learned how to read. It's been big for me. <laughs> Online love. <laughs> Online love. I like the parentheses that you use in the, the song titles. Mm, yeah, for the interludes, yeah. They make a difference. Oh, thanks. Why were these interludes important? The interludes, I feel like I wrote purely just for the fans. Like, I'm I'm not out here trying to make, like, an interlude, a Billboard Top 100 hit. Like, you know, for me, the interludes are just, like a, like, a little, like, oh, hey, by the way, like, this is what it's about. That's why I put it in parentheses, um, because it just provides a little bit of backstory that, like, the people who listen to the album from the top to the bottom can, like, actually get a bigger sense of what it is, which, like, with Online Love, I just wanted to talk about, like, the album as a whole, I really did write mostly just about people that I fell in love with over the internet. Um, and I also think it's funny, because, like, at the same time, like, I'm falling in love with artists over the internet, and they're falling in love with artists over the internet, and it's just like, I don't know. I think we live in a generation where, at least for me and my friends, like, we we really just, our love life is purely online. Is online love different than actual love? I mean, in the song, I say, like, like I can't help but imagine what we would be like if, if we weren't just online lovers, you know? Because there is a difference. You know, then like there's a difference between like walking into a cafe and being like, oh, my God, I dropped my books. What? (laughs) And like, (laughs) look at you. What? You live in the same apartment building as me. And like being like, oh, hey, in your DM. You know, there's a difference. Yeah, totally. There's a difference. Do you get pleasure from online lovers? It's always empty. That's why it's never good. (laughs) It's like because you get like you get to a certain point and then you're just like, this is so boring. Like, I don't want to ask you about your day. I already know what you did. So why don't you meet up with these people? Yeah, meet them in real life. Will you ever go from online love to tangible IRL? Maybe L? one day. Maybe one day, but not anytime soon. Mostly well, just because, like, touring and everything. It's just, like, it's hard. It's hard out here for, for a little boy who's on tour, guys. <laughs> I feel like that's, like, such a consistent exam, uh, uh, excuse. Sorry. Look, haven't we just talked about hiding behind work? Yes. That's 
Just like, let me just let me hide, Zach. <laughs> if you want to hide, or if you want to live, so then you can write more songs instead of reading books. But I can I can live off the crumbs, like I said. I just need one interaction with any of you three. So give me a little a little something. I'll write an album about you. That's so exciting. <laughs> Whose voice is on online love? Oh, it's uh, it's a bunch of my friends, and we're it's literally just like a a conversation that we had that that I like creepily recorded because it just made me because it made me it made me smile basically. It was just like, you know, and you know when like you're with your friends, you're just like talking about like relationships, and it's yeah. just like the most hilarious, ridiculous banter. And so I wanted to stick it in the background there. Did you actually record the vocals somewhere else, or was that in the studio and you kind of laid it underneath? That song in particular, actually, I recorded it on my phone. Literally, just it was me in my hotel room. I recorded it, me playing it on my guitar, and then I produced it myself on, on like on Logic on my computer in a hotel room. And that's that's literally that how that whole song was made. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. Can we be friends? Can we be friends? Another interlude. Mm-hmm. Um, this is. This actually has like thick substance to it. I'll tell you all the times I wish I could die. One of your many references to death. <laughs> and if anybody f-s with you, they f-s with me. So if anybody f-s with you, I'll knock their teeth out. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm with you. Right? <laughs> Have you actually fought somebody before? I've never fought anyone. One time I stabbed a kid in the leg with a pencil. <laughs> Whoa. Um, and, le- and I was in the sixth grade. Wow. I was, there was this guy who was my, my middle school bully. His nickname to me was Greasy because he had the greasiest hair. Boy, never took a shower. Um, He did not know what a shower was. And he was so mean. He was so mean to me. And so one day I was sitting in choir class and he was like doing something that was like hurting me. He was like, I don't know, twisting my wrist or something. So I got a pencil. I like sharpened number two pencil and stabbed him in the thigh. And it literally went into his thigh. Also, I was a sixth grader. Violence is not the answer, guys. As a sixth grader, I thought it was the answer. Stabbed him in the leg. The, 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 the thing is, though, it was really a smart move on my part because he couldn't tell the teacher that I'd stabbed him in the leg with a pencil because he was trying to break my wrist. Yes. And I'm like, so, you're, what are you going to tell them? Oh, I was trying to break Conan Gray's wrist, and then he stabbed me with a pencil. You know, it's like, so he just had to deal with the fact that he had, like, had a pencil in his leg. Self-defense. <laughs> it was self-defense. Hey. But I, I will fight someone who hurts my friends, always. But That's it's never happened. A good friend. I'm, I mean, I've been like, yo, back, back the <laughs> off. Like, I will ruin your life. For sure. I can't believe you stabbed a man with a pencil. <laughs> Have you seen Greasy? Are you surprised? Like, are you surprised that <laughs> no. I stabbed someone with a pencil? I don't think you should be surprised. Not at all. No. Have you seen Greasy in a while? I haven't seen Greasy. <gasps> what? I actually know something about Greasy. Greasy really did not go down a good route in life. But I do know that he did end up in jail by the time I was in high school. For what, stabbing someone with a pencil? No, it, I don't know if I should say this. Just like he just like, it's yeah. okay. Yeah, he just really didn't. Um, he just was a really mean person, which makes me really wonder. Like, I wonder if he, I don't think he was like okay at home and things. I, I really wonder, like, I wish I could like talk to him and see how he's doing. Because it seems, I mean, it's sad. Oh, wow. You want to reconcile with your bully who's walked down the wrong path in life? Yeah, I mean, it's like no one, no, like, seven, seventh grader is just, like, naturally mean. Mm-hmm. Totally. It's the- always retaliation to something. And there's a reason behind yeah. that type of stuff. Yeah, and so I, I, I wonder, you know, it's like no, 
like I grew up in a bad situation and there were definitely times when I was just aggressive for no reason. And it's like, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't really know. I mean, it's, it's like stabbing someone in the leg is not a, <laughs> a reasonable way to react to, to stuff. But it, yeah, it's like, it's a t- it's, life is tough. You never know the full the full story of anyone ever. You, you should never stab somebody in the leg with a pencil. It's don't stab someone in the leg. Knock their teeth out. Knock their teeth out. That's a difference. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like if you're mean to my friends, like, I'll knock your teeth out. Do you see your friends as family? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, Family life has always been like a bit rocky for me. So I've, I built my own family with my friends, you know, um, like to the point where like I was in their Christmas cards, you know, I would sleep in their guest bedrooms five days out of the week. You know, it was just how I was. I found a lot of comfort in them. I have a question. Are, are these friends that from like elementary school and middle school or are these friends you made when you moved out here? Friends from high school, mostly middle school and high school. Um, and they're friends, you know, that like no one liked me when I was in school, which I don't think is surprising. Um, <laughs> but like no one liked me except for them. You know, they're the people who just like loved me for what I am, um, which is like that's really rare. People, I feel like platonic love is so underrated and like not talked about, especially in music. It's always romantic. It's always romantic. Um, and like I wrote so many songs on the album about my best friend, Ashley, because like she's the most important person in my life. Like I can't lie. And I also think it's like we romanticize romance all the time, which obviously it's romance, but like platonic love is so important and no one ever talks about it. They don't make movies about BFFs, you know? Very rare. Very rare. But you you look at friends differently. You put a different weight into those relationships. Yeah, I mean like those friends were there for me when I needed a family. They were my family, you know? And and they took me in when I didn't have a home. And and they were the people that I stayed with when I didn't think it was safe for me to go home. And they're they're just like everything to me. They're my best friends. Like but like they're my best friends. They're not just like a buddy. I'm like, that's my soulmate right there. What do they think of all this? I mean, they have to be proud. They're proud, but they're they think it's hilarious. They're they're not <laughs> they're not like, wow, like Conan, you're so cool now. They're like Ew, why does anyone like you? You're disgusting. <laughs> like they're not they're not boosting my ego at all. You know, they're very much like like what's going on? Like why do people like you? Like I like I know like I like you, but why do other people like you? <laughs> um I'm like I don't know for the same reason. I don't. <laughs> um but they they're they're very proud of me for sure cuz they've seen me, you know, the ups and downs, but they've they're the first people to be like, Conan, that sentence you just said was so stupid. Like, do you realize how dumb you sound? You sound like such an idiot, like saying like, oh, I have to do another interview. Like, shut up, Conan, do the interview, you know? <laughs> well, it's what you need. Yeah, they keep they keep me grounded because they don't they don't want to see. I, I always say like, if you ever like see me in the tabloids doing some dumb thing, just come and shoot me. I don't want to <laughs> be that person. Just come. You have permission to just come shoot me. Okay. <laughs> Maybe not shoot. <laughs> Take me out. <laughs> fight or flight <laughs> fight or flight well, where does that record come from fight or flight is kind of one of the songs that i like just wanted to tell a story you know i think the roots of like country music especially is very much just like look at this story that i came up with and um this was one of like it was just one of those situations where i'd really liked this one person and um they liked someone else um but they also liked me and it was just like this constant like game of back and forth back and forth back and forth and so i was like i don't know what to do in this situation like do i do i like scream and make this big fuss or do i just like leave and just like let it go you know do i is it like fight or flight it's i think it's a pretty common question in any relationship it's like do i try to make this a big thing or do i just like finally pick up and leave totally and by the way like in any type of relationship 
It could be platonic. Totally. It could be romantic. It could be family. Mm-hmm. Like, that is a big question. Is yeah. it worth fighting for? Or do you just peace out? Yeah, do you just, like, finally, like, have the last straw and just let it disappear? Which I'm, like... I'm the king of burning all bridges and disappearing. It's like my thing. <laughs> I'm really good at that. They're like, oh, I wonder what happened to Conan. Like, I don't know. Um, and so my answer is usually flight, unless I fight with a number two pencil <laughs> in the leg. Is flight weakness? I feel like I'm the same way. Flight, it depends where you're, where you're running, like why you're running. Like, are you running because you're scared or are you running because it's time for you to go. And like, you know, I think like in, in particular, like in abusive relationships, like it's brave to leave, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes I'm just like, uh-huh, I'm scared. <laughs> I'm just like run away. Um, especially when it comes to like romantic relationships, I am so cautious. I'm like, Why? you move, you just move your arm too fast. I'm leaving. Like, <laughs> it's just like, I can't, I can't do that. Yeah. Because you're looking for excuses to not be in it. I'm looking for excuses to like keep my distance. You know, I think that's always like, I'm just afraid, you know, I don't, I don't, Intimacy's a lot. Twenty twenty intimacy in twenty twenty. Like who can afford that? Yeah, but that is a deeply rooted thing that goes back to you being a kid. Yeah, probably. It's definitely like the therapist answer is like, oh, the people that were supposed to love you didn't love you, and so now you can't let anyone else leave. But the the Conan Gray answer is just like, I'm a little scaredy cat. Yeah, because you don't know what it's like to feel loved outside of your friends. Yeah, and also like the first person I loved so much, I was like, I love you so much. They were like, I don't love you. I was like. <laughs> okay <laughs> that's fine <laughs> yeah that's rough it happens whatever how old were you when that happened though i was like 17 i saw this tweet the other day that was like <laughs> like teenage boys get their heart broken one time and never recover and i'm like <laughs> <laughs> i'm like that's me <laughs> like literally one f-ing time going and calm the f- down Dude. and i'm like oh, i gotta go become a singer now <laughs> When I was younger, <laughs> I had my heart broken twice, very close together. Oh, ouch. Ruined me. Literally, Ruined you. Literally never recovered. <laughs> changed the entire path of my life forever. And now I don't li- love that type of person any longer. I know. Changed everything for me. I know. Also, it's it's the first one that hurts the most. Yeah. The first kind is a deep. You know what I mean? The cut that always bleeds. Yeah. Is that you? The cut that always bleeds is a song that I wrote kind of at the very last leg of this person that I'd really liked. And it was just like, basically a song that I wrote about getting strung along, you know? There's those people that you just like, every single time that you think that you're over them, they just pop back in and you're like, damn it, like I still like you. And also like this wound that I'm trying to heal over, like you just keep coming in and like opening it and like cutting it open. Every single time it's just about to heal. You're like, know when to do it. I know, they're like, (laughs) It's like a sixth sense. I can, yeah, they're like, I can tell you're kind of getting over me, mm-hmm. so I'm going to pop back in, show you how hot I am, oh, and then yeah. I'm going to leave. Like, And you're like... Cool. Or they say something sweet to you out of nowhere. Yeah. You're like, well, they're like, hey, how are you? I'm like... <laughs> oh my God. They said something so sweet to me. How yeah. are you? <laughs> yeah. All they need to say is, how are you? And I'm like, oh, I got to go write another album. <laughs> yeah. No. It, yeah, there's those... They can tell. There's a they sixth know. sense. They're like, they oh, they're about to get over it. Yeah. But this song is a battle within. I can't be your lover on a leash every other week when you please. I can't be the kiss that you don't need, the lie between my teeth or your teeth. Your teeth. Your teeth, the cut that always bleeds. But at the end of it, you come to this realization that you're down to be this lover on a leash. That's the thing. It's like, no matter how much you're like, I think it's human. It's like, no matter how much you're like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm going to get over you, I'm going to get over you. Like, you know, at least for me, 
I know that the second this person would be like, okay, let's date. I'd be like, okay, cool, whatever, let's do it. Like, you know, it's like, I will always be a sucker for this person. Um, that's just how, that's just how I am. I don't fall for people very often. And when I do, it's just like, like absolute down, 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 fall very hard. I get it because it's, it's hard to trust people. Yeah. When you find that person, you're like, I kind of like you. It's just like, it's done. You mentioned in Little League when you were a kid wearing your heart on your sleeve. Mm. Is that something that still exists today? Or as you've grown up, have you grown more distant, tougher skin? I think I've grown thicker skin over the years. But I think, you know, when I was really young, I just like did whatever the, whatever I wanted all the time, you know? It's like <laughs> my my best friend was babysitting, babysitting a kid. And the kid, you know, kids just say whatever they want all the time. And they say things that are crazy, but you're like, you're not wrong, you know? <laughs> they say something and she's like, and it's just like very profound. And like, you just like, you know, when you're a kid, you just want to love. You want to love other people. You want people to love you. And like, you're just so open to it. And the older I get, I just like, I just close and close and close and close and close. Um, but I think my way of like burying my heart on my sleeve is just by writing songs. Like that's the one time that I'll be like, I'll tell you anything. Like I'll tell you everything about the situation because like people deserve to know. And also people, like I say this all the time, like people aren't stupid. People can tell when an artist doesn't write their own songs. Like, people can tell when you're making stuff up. I'm trying to tie you not wearing your heart on your sleeve anymore to when you choose to give your heart to somebody, it's a big deal, so you fall hard, Mm. and then when they don't want you, it's rough. Yeah, and see, I've picked this apart. I think that I, in particular, fall for people that I know aren't going to love me back. Mm. I totally get it. Because I'm like, I know no matter what I do, you aren't going to ever let me get yeah, close enough to you for me to ever love you is that because you secretly don't want love exactly that's that's why that's I, yeah it's because i'm like i'll never like you'll never get close enough to me be, and that's what i want i want this like safe far away distance love so you're only going after people who are totally just not obtainable people that i just know like are just closed <laughs> like emotionally closed off like not you know also like just people that I'm like, I know you're going to destroy me and I'm going to write such good songs about you and it's going to be great, you know? <laughs> but like, they don't really need to destroy you that I get much it, to right? get great Every songs. Every once in a while, it. you just kind of want to be like obliterated. I get it. Because being obliterated is better than just like feeling nothing. Pretty much my entire life, so yeah. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> I love feeling nothing. <laughs> That's a personal issue. <laughs> you say with, like don't glaze have. over your eyes. <laughs> I love feeling nothing. <laughs> just like nothing in your soul. <laughs> Affluenza. Affluenza. Phenomenal record. Thanks. Thanks. Phenomenal. Thank you. Are you thinking about one person when you're writing this song? I I mean, it's more like a gang of people that I discovered once I moved to LA. Like, mm-hmm. I grew up really poor. Um, we had ups and downs, but there were definitely eras of, you know, my childhood where we were like, I don't, like, my sister and I would just be at home alone and be like, I don't know what to eat. We don't know how we're going to eat. We don't have any money. I used to live in this one house that, like, literally... It was like a little square box and the back door, which is the door that we came through, was literally just a cardboard, a piece of cardboard that we would just tape onto the wall. That And so every time it would rain, it would just melt away and then we'd be like, haha, got to put up the cardboard door again. But like that's that's what our lives were like for a lot of our childhood. And that's when I was a kid, I just really thought I was like, oh, like if we had money, like solve all of our problems like we'd be fine you know i like me and my sister were just like we just need to make a ton of money we just need to go to college work really hard to make a ton of money and we're gonna be good um which yeah like money does solve a lot of problems but once i moved to la i discovered this like 
alternate group of people who lived on the complete opposite side of the universe that I grew up in that were born into so much money that it makes you want to vomit. Unbelievable. Like privileged the second they were turned into an embryo. And they're unbelievably sad people. They're, they're just broken inside. And um, it's, it's, it's really interesting because I thought that money would solve all my problems as a kid. But um, once I moved out here, I, I realized like no matter who you are, no matter how little money you have or how much you have, like you, there's always problems. And my best friend, I was, I, I'd gone to this ridiculous party um, and, and I t- was texting my friend about it. Um, and she brought up this word, which is a word called affluenza, which is a word that they use to kind of describe the way that growing up really privileged affects you Mm -hmm. later on in life there was a famous case where a a boy drove drunk and killed people and they made the case that he had affluenza yeah exactly that's that's what she brought up i'm pretty sure he got off yeah like he didn't end up going to prison we should google that but yeah yeah basically it's like it it just like she texted me that word and i was like that's first of all that's a crazy sounding word it's a cool sounding word and i was like too like it's something that i think people it's just a weird perspective that I'd I'd never really thought I would have the perspective of seeing both sides of the world and and it was something fun to write about. Well, so seeing both sides of this universe, which is true, right? Like it's the other side of the world, it's literally, completely different. It's unlike anything that you could ever have imagined growing up. It's like Great Gatsby. It's crazy. Do you build a definition for success and happiness? Seeing both of them and seeing how different and kind of trying to figure out what the middle looks like. Yeah, I don't know. It's like it's hard to it's hard to tell really what makes you happy. I think that's just like a really existential question of like what in the end matters. And I don't know. I'll have to like ask dying Conan to <laughs> to figure out that out. Yeah, but what about success? Because if you realize that money can't buy happiness, but when you're growing up, your goal was to work so hard to make money. Mm-hmm. Because you thought it was going to fix things. Yeah. I mean, for me, like, the fact that I, like, am sitting here on this couch, like, at, at an interview talking about my debut album is, like, insane amounts of success for me. I I really never thought I would get even close to this far at all. Like, getting into college was my biggest success of life. And then, but before that, getting into, like, I don't know, art competitions. Like, it's like every little thing was a big success to me. So I think in my head, I'm trying to take things just, like, day by day. And not, you know, tell myself that if I don't reach this certain goal that I'm going to be a failure. But I definitely do think like that. But it's something I try not to train myself to do. And I don't really know what success will be. I think success will be ultimate happiness. But I don't know what will bring that. Has money made your life easier? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, A lot of the problems that we had growing up when we were super poor, I don't have those problems anymore. Um, there's a new set of problems that arose that are really confusing and super weird. And I like, don't really know, but like, I think to, to, I think to say, like to say to anyone who's grew up with money problems to tell them like, Oh, money's not going to fix your problems. is like so ignorant. Totally. The money will solve the money issues. That's literally like, I hate that. Like when a rich person's like, money's not going to solve you. I'm like, liar. I have a, I have a tree through my house that takes money to fix it. Yeah. Like. It'll pay my rent. Like, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. It'll pay my medical bills. It'll yeah. keep my lights on. Yeah, definitely not going to be ignorant enough to say that. Yeah, for sure. Are you happy with how you grew up, though? Like, seeing where you are now? Yeah, I wouldn't change anything. Um, Is that hard to say? No, because I think, like, for me, 
my childhood made me who I am. I wouldn't wish my childhood on anyone else, but like uh, I think I that's I'm always like oh I, I took that bullet for us. Like I dealt with it. I like it happened to me, and and now through writing songs, I can help other people deal with similar situations, which is like it's a it's full circle, and I can I can handle the punch. It's whatever. Yeah. Is there a song on this album that you feel best describes who you were as a kid? Yeah. I think the story is where I talk the most about my childhood. Um, and it, and I think there's little pieces of me, of past me, interlaced throughout the whole entire album, um, which is why I'm scared for it to be out. Like, there's so many songs that I'm I'm worried about saying too much. Um, but it's... it's I'm, I'm trying not to really think about it. I think people deserve to have real songs. And there's definitely songs that I'm like, oh, gosh, I really hope that people don't take that the wrong way and stuff like that because i say a lot of stuff that's like kind of kind of weird what um, what is top of mind top of my mind i just keep thinking that like people are gonna think i'm like literally a murderer because <laughs> i'm always <laughs> talking about like killing people in this song also like like what like who knows maybe like one day like i murder someone heather I'll, like yeah it's, it sounds like you're gonna murder he- murder heather my Poor favorite heather. song by the way you're gonna yeah, you like heather heather oh, is my favorite song that's my favorite too <laughs> oh, i love that I um, love that's, my, that's my favorite like crying one i just relate to it yeah i think anyone relates to like absolutely f-ing hating the person that you like i've had a heather yeah, that i've hated everyone has that heather <laughs> it's like you know that person that there's no reason to hate this person other than the fact that the person you like is in love with them yep perfectly nice girl so heather. heather is a wonderful girl <laughs> yeah. yeah but it sounded like you wanted to skin her but you also were admiring <laughs> her it was very quite a ride to be on yeah it's like you know also i think like god i wish i was that girl mm-hmm. that like wears sundresses and it's just perfect and sweet and you're like like i wish i could be as perfect as you but i'm no matter what i do i'm always gonna be like a nasty ass gremlin like no matter what i do i'm always gonna be this like guy who writes songs about people that i never even dated like that's just who i am but like god don't you wish for one second you were just like beautiful oblivious heather yeah well do you want to hear something crazy there was a heather that i had an actual heather Uh uh-huh well not like her name wasn't heather but my heather (laughs) um i never knew her but i hated her and then i got to know her and she ended up being one of my best friends. I know, right? <laughs> and you're also like, you, you're like you're obsessed with them. Yeah. You're like, I just admire And Heather. then I'm like, of course he loves you because I love of you. Course. I want to date you now. You're wonderful. <laughs> I would date you. Jesus. It's like, it's it's so, it's it's hard. It's, it's a hard situation. Everyone just wants to be liked back. Totally. So, do you want to be Heather? I want to be dead. I, I want to be dead. <laughs> Why don't I just want to say it? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Subconsciously. <laughs> My brain was like, say it, Conan, say it. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I think I want to be Heather, and I also want to date Heather. Who are you singing this song to? Or who are you writing to? The, the person the per- dating Heather or Heather? The person dating Heather. The per- the per- Well, the, per- the, per- so the person that... <laughs> Guys, this is really complex songwriting. Um, no, the person that I like is in love with Heather. And that's who you're writing to. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about the way that you ended Heather, though. Because you don't say Heather. Like, it's supposed to end on the last word, Heather, but you don't end it that way. Mm. And you do that also in The Cut That Always Bleeds. Yeah, I think with songs that, like, are... With that song in particular, like, I didn't want it to end because that story's not over. Oh. It's still something that I deal with all the time. There, there's so many songs that I love, like, that just, like, talk about... You know, I do, I do a lot of times wish I was just like a pleasant, nice guy that you bring home to the parents and like is normal and goes to college and yeah, but 
is nice. This concept that you're not is crazy to me, but keep going. It's, yeah, but also, <laughs> I think it's like, there's so many times that I wish that I was just Heather, you know? I think, and and it, it's still something I constantly think about, so I don't, I didn't want to end the song. And same with the cut that always beats, like, the cut is always bleeding. <laughs> the cut is still bleeding. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't want to end the song. Yeah, but at what point does the cut bleed out? The cut, you know... Humans are incredible. We can just keep making blood, no matter what. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. It's like, who knows when it'll, it'll be over. I think writing songs is my way of, like, healing over wounds. And I wrote a lot of songs about these people, so... Um, but are these wounds that are healed? Even no. though they're not finished? They're not. Everything takes time. I'll deal with it. I still have a few crumbs left to eat, guys. <laughs> it'll leak over to my second album. You'll be like, oh, Conan's still writing about the same person. I just feel like you don't finish Heather because it is a story that will continue as long as you keep going after people who are just unobtainable. Who don't like you? Yes! <laughs> like, I hate you, Conan. I'm like, I love you. Take me. Conan, earlier you said that people can tell when you make stuff up, mm-hmm. but it seems like you make a lot of stuff up. <laughs> I I think I blow things up in my head. I'm I'm just like a massive overthinker. Like I'll take a tiny situation and and inflate it and inflate it until it's like the biggest problem in my head, and then I'll write a song about it, and then it like diminishes. But it's always like I think back to the people like to my past and like to to like my, the first time I fell in love and things like that. I'm like, how was any of that real? Like like I don't. It sounds like a movie when I talk about it. Or, you know, every time I'm in the studio, like, oh, tell me about your love life. And I'm like, start talking. I'm like, how is any of this real life? Like, it just sounds ridiculous. But is it real? Yeah, it's real. It physically happened. I wish it wasn't real, but it's real. Even though, how much of your love is online love? Um, These days, 100%. <laughs> Do you wish you had, like, a significant other that you could just take on tour and hang out with? Yes. Yes. You deserve Takers? one. Takers? <laughs> <laughs> um. I, oh my god! I wish that'd be so fun, just like like a like a pet. <laughs> <laughs> That's Somebody for like, you to keep on a yeah. leash, like a pet. Yeah, I'm like, oh, you're so cute. <laughs> <laughs> That's so problematic. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, no. Um, How about your friends? Will they go on the road with you? Well, I'm like really close to my band, so they're they're my they're my friends, and they're really protective of me. I and thought you were about to say they're your pets. They're my pets. Um, <laughs> No, yeah, I'm really close with my with my band and also like my friends, my two friends that I love. Um they they FaceTime me every single day. Hey, every single day. What do you learn from ha- not hanging out, but from witnessing the world that is affluenza? Like what do you pick up? I think the main thing I pick up from like seeing this ridiculous side of the world which is like the music industry and like all this kind of stuff is just like how hilarious it is. It's like none of this, not, like we, we all think our problems are so big because there's like millions of people watching. But like the average person's like, oh, I'm hungry. And they go eat. They're not like, oh, I heard that blah, 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 did this and this. And it's like, no one cares. Um, also, it's just like I learn more and more. It's like the things that make you happy, like really are the simplest things in life. And they're also most of the things that make you happy are free. They're like things that, you know. They're relationships. They're experiences. It's experiences. It's, it's love. It's. Mm-hmm simple things that you can have at any at any point in your life but like also i'm sure like having a yacht makes you happy too so like that can't be ignored either if we went back to texas with you what would we do we would all get in my car and we'd blast borderline crap pop music (laughs) (laughs) so my life yeah Yeah. (laughs) borderline crap um so my own songs (laughs) um and we'd 
just drive for hours. We'd go to Sonic. Mm. Have you been to Sonic? Of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'd go to Sonic. We'd all get lemon berry slushes and mozzarella sticks. Um, <laughs> and we'd just drive and talk and just like literally just live our lives. Like it's when I go back home to Texas, it's nothing. We they're like, what do you do in a small town? You go to 7-Eleven, you get a Slurpee yeah. and you're like, okay, what do, what do we you do now? You sit in a lot of parking lots. Sit yeah. in a lot of parking you lots. You go to Walmart. You go to Walmart. Yeah, Walmart's good because yeah. it's open 24-7. Totally. I've, I've been to Walmart at all times of yeah. the day. Also, like, we have, me and my friends joke that there's, like, liminal spaces. I don't know if you, like, a, basically, like, spaces where it's, like, time doesn't exist there and it's, like, an alternate, like, reality. You can do whatever you want. Like, Waffle House at okay. 3 in the morning, liminal space. Like, <laughs> doesn't matter what you, you could, like, literally, I don't know, jump off the wall and it wouldn't matter because it's not reality. Yeah, I get Like, it. Walmart at 3 in the morning. Not reality. Whataburger, does that fall into this category? Whataburger is definitely, a, a, it's a Texas liminal space specifically. I get that. And there's I a was, lot of, uh, like, they're always busy. Yeah, I was always really scared of Whataburger because all the cool kids would go to Whataburger and they would, like, smoke cigarettes. And I'd be like, oh, you're so cool. <laughs> Most of the losers go to Sonic? Yeah, because we don't we don't have to get out of our cars. I mean, all, all three of us said that we've been to Sonic, so I so, think that says something oh, about us too. Yeah, I've only been to Whataburger once. Yeah, exactly. Me like twice in my life. And you lived in Texas. I lived in Texas, and I've been like twice, which just shows you how not cool I've always been. But is your life different in Texas now? Like, can you walk around and do the same things? Or people are like, oh, there's Conan. He doesn't really leave his car. I don't leave my car. <laughs> No, it's and he goes to Walmart at three AM <laughs> and Waffle House. Um, I, well, like it's just kind of funny because, like, I feel like in Georgetown, Texas, I'm like exponentially more famous than I am anywhere else in the world because nothing happens in Georgetown, Texas. Um, so they're like, "Oh, did you hear that? Like that kid Conan like became a singer." But the, the, they're all really proud of me back home. But yeah, like me, it's more like my my best friends. Like my friends aren't used to me getting stopped and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I'm like, I'm I love people coming up and saying hi like i'm so used to it but they get they, it freaks them out so much so we just like kind of stop going outside we just like kind of hang out we like do what we used to do which is like watch movies and go to sonic and stuff like that but also like i don't know i i feel like I, it's, it's it's such a burden to be friends with someone who like has ha, is in the public eye and um i just kind of like they're they're not used to it so i don't like want to force them to like have to go deal with it you oh know? my god you're not a burden and it's really not that big of a deal yeah, I just, you know, it freaks them out. They're like, they hate it. They get so nervous. So how would you know, Zach? Well, I mean, I have friends that are a little famous. <laughs> and uh, I'm not going to lie, a lot of them have gone through their own periods of time where they didn't want to leave their house or they didn't want to do things. And it was a total switch of life for, like, not just them, but, like, the friends around. Yeah. Because one day we yeah. were going out freely and the next day it was like, can't do anything. Yeah. I, I think, like, they never asked to deal with it so i don't want to force them to deal with it also like like we were, we were all like just like the normal not normal we weren't normal but we were like all pretty much just like the shy kids and i don't want to like the fact that i exist in real life like is mortifying to them <laughs> they do not like it they're so proud of you Shut they're up. very proud of me but they're also like can we not go outside and i'm like yeah let's not go outside <laughs> are your mom sister dad Still in Texas? Yeah. All of them are still in Texas, and, and my sister's, like, literally a saint. She's, like, a Disney princess. I'm always like, shut up. What, what is she doing in Texas? She's a nurse. Oh, she saves lives. <laughs> Real job. I know. She's, like, perfect. I'm like, oh, so ridiculous. Did you play the album for them yet? Yeah, my, my sister heard it. She, she's, like, the, like, you're, like, average music consumer where she, like, really doesn't care about anything. So she's, like, I'll play a song. She's, like, I like that one. And I'm, like, what do you think? Oh, it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't care. 
So, um, yeah, they're also like they 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 have they're just really proud of me, but they also have like no idea um, what my life. I think like in their head, I'm like the most famous person on earth, but also like I'm like nothing. So it's it's weird. They're very proud of me though. Yeah. It, why, why are you so so self deprecating? No, it like they think they think I'm nothing. They're like, wait, oh. are you famous or are you not famous? They can't tell. Do they come here at all? Not much. Um, but every once in a while they'll visit in there. They're very excited. My sister came to Lollapalooza. She was like, whoa. She That's- was so proud of me. It makes me happy because like she's, she's my favorite person. Do we want Coachella to still happen? I mean, I hope, but I also don't want a bunch of people to get like coronavirus and die. So, <laughs> COVID-19. Yeah, I, I'm preaching for winter Coachella. Oh, mm. by the way, that makes a lot of sense. Coachella with like winter coats instead of like bikinis. Yes. It'd be Coachella. Coachella. Ah, damn. damn. Wow. Yeah. For that, we deserve that. passes. Words. <laughs> hear that golden go. voice? English. Wow. Wow. Bravo, okay. Coachella. That's big. It's a big deal that you're on that lineup. I know. It's kind of crazy. I'm like, shut up. That's, that's crazy. I can't believe people want to see me. <laughs> I've never seen you live. I feel like you'd be, you'd be a good time. Thanks. Um, it's, it's, I think it's what you expect. I dance very crazy, like an idiot on stage, and then everyone sees me dancing like an idiot, and they're like, I feel kind of bad, and then they'll, they'll dance as dumb to make me feel like I'm okay. Who supported you with music early on in life? Like, why'd you keep going? Because I'm sure there was a thousand opportunities for you to stop. Um, I think it was one of, of massive fear of failure. I was like, oh my gosh, Conan, if you don't do a good job, you're going to die. Also, too, I just, like, it was the internet. I, the internet was, like, my world. So they were the motivation? It wasn't that I was motivated because of the internet. It was just, like, the internet made me feel like I could do anything with my life. And music was what I wanted to do, yeah. You had anything at your fingertips? Yeah, it was, like, it's just, I mean, it, I think what's so exciting about music right now is just that, like, literally anyone can become a singer. Like, I'm case number one of, oh. like, any like anyone. It's okay. just so cool. Yeah, but you your vocals also, are sick. Yeah, you can sing. Thanks. <laughs> and your songwriting is on another level. Thanks. Real talk, I think you're one of the greatest songwriters that we've ever had on this couch. Thanks. <laughs> it's crazy. Thank you. But back to failure not being an option. Is that just who you are? Like, if you take something on and you let people around you know that you're taking on this challenge, do you then feel obligated to succeed? I'm definitely like a people pleaser. Like I, I like to do a good job um, usually, but also like yeah, I just like failure wasn't an option because I didn't have a backup plan. Um, like I went to college with with college being my backup plan to hopefully doing music because by then the label started reaching out by the time I'd gotten into college. So it's it's um you know for me it was like I needed to do well. I didn't have like a family I could fall back onto. I didn't have like all the things that I think could have saved me so i was just like i just need to do a good job and um so i tried my best well college was your way out of texas yeah college was like thank god because like i'd got i'd gotten in and it was my it was like my incubation period of of when i first moved to la yeah do you remember calling your parents and saying that you're not doing college or did you just leave on your own i just left i, I just left and also like i i didn't tell anyone i was leaving um until after i'd signed um all, all my friends were like all my new friends that I made in college, I just made like within the month. They're like, wait, you're leaving school. I'm like, sorry guys. <laughs> um, and I also like a lot of the classes, like I just didn't want to be in. I was so bored. College is so boring. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't tell your parents until you signed a record deal. I mean, I was like, 
oh, like, I think I might sign a record deal. And they were like, that's cool. And then I signed a record deal and then dropped out of college and they were like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty wild. It is crazy looking back. I'm like, oh, that was kind of a strange move, Conan. But um, it all worked out. It was I, a needed move. I think, yeah, I think, like, what, when you have an opportunity, like, it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's, like, signing a record deal or, like, I don't know, talking to someone that you're, like, too shy to talk to or something. Like, life is so short. Just, like, do it. You got to shoot your shot. Shoot your shot. You've, yeah, but, you've got, like, quoted so many lines from Eminem's Lose Yourself in the past. Yeah, actually, <laughs> I'm Eminem. It's nice <laughs> oh, to meet you. It's not, an honor to have you here. My dad used to play Eminem in the car, and it would make me cry. Because he would play, what's that song, Stan? Yeah. Where, like, he would, like, drown his wife in his trunk. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, please turn it off, Dad. Please turn it off. Because, like, it's, it's terrifying. And now, fast forward these years, you're talking I'm about. I'm Eminem. You are Eminem, yeah. Yeah. I'm Eminem. Nice <laughs> to meet you. Oh, God. That's probably going to be taken out of context and, like, really just not made into a good thing. Whatever. Don't worry about that. <laughs> you are very much a product of your environment. Mm. It's very cool to get to understand you a little bit more today. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for <laughs> giving us time and energy. What was that answer? Yeah, no, thank you for having me. <laughs> Ooh, I saw you talking a lot about Lord recently, and oh. last time you talked a lot about Taylor Swift. Mm. If you could only listen to one of them, Jesus who would Christ. it be? Mm. Are you trying to get me assassinated? <laughs> if I say, if I pick one, I will get assassinated. By who? The other one's fans? Probably by them. Oh, oh, no? you, oh you think they're going to come for you? No, yeah, I don't um, want to risk any collabor- Like, I don't want to risk you ruining <laughs> any collaborations for you. In yeah, the it's hard to say. I wouldn't. I wouldn't know. They all. They both gave me completely different aspects of my life. I think Lord gave me depression. Do <laughs> <laughs> you think she gave you depression, or did she see you through depression? She she led me through the path, um, and I think Taylor gave me like pop music obsession. Yeah, they are very different. Yeah, they're different. They're mm. different people. But then, like weirdly, you're like. They're, they're like buddies. And you're like, I would love to are. see how they would interact. Because <laughs> I'd imagine it's probably like so amazing. Kid Crow. I have one more quick question. Is the album? Yes. Have you ever thought about what like a happy relationship Conan album would sound like? Ooh. Hmm. I'm sure it would still sound kind of intense. I mean, I've written love songs before. But I'm talking about when you're like in love, two-year relationship. I mean... Is that ever going to happen? <laughs> I hope so. I don't know about that. Um, I think when I fall, I'm, I'm a little scared because like, what if I can't write good songs once I'm in love? And then you dump them. Yeah, exactly. So gone. And that's okay. Yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I mean, I already know the course of my life. You know, I'm going to get married and move to a ranch and get a horse. His name is going to be Blue Jeans after the horse in a Hannah Montana movie. <laughs> and... <laughs> Literally had to ask you that. Yes, I I am gonna have a horse named after the horse in the (laughs) Hannah Montana movie, and I'm just gonna like sit on a porch and drink sweet tea and get fat. It's gonna be a good time. I'm so excited for that for you. Yeah. Are you proud of this album? I'm very proud of it. It's it's I I keep thinking like if it doesn't do well, like I tried my gosh darn best. So whatever, you know. But I'm excited for people to to hear what what I have to sing. Is there anyone else you're looking to make proud? My friends. They're the ones? I hope they're proud of me. And I know, and I know they are. And um, they tell me every once in a while. They crack every once in a while. They're like, okay, yeah, we're, we're proud of you. <laughs> I also like, I hope that the fans enjoy the music. Like, I, I didn't, I'm writing these songs and I, I go through the process of recording them. Because I'm like, 
this is my gift to you, please, please like it. Um, you know, I, I, w- I want the fans to be able to find a little bit of comfort in the song. So I hope that they like it. A gift to others, but also a gift to to you, because I feel like this has to be healing. Oh my gosh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I grew up so much in the process of making this album, like, unbelievable amount. Um, I, like, I remember not, like, six months ago, like, on the phone, like, screaming at my manager, like, I can't do this. Like, there's no way I can do this. Like, this is way too much pressure. And then to now, like, where I'm like, okay, like, I did, I did it. I made the album. It's, it's, I've, I've grown a lot in it. And it was very, it's healing to talk about your problems, even if you're just, like, talking to yourself in your room, like a crazy person. What'd you learn about yourself from making it? I think I learned that, <laughs> I think I learned that, like, I've never been in love. And that, like, I'm mostly just, like, I'm in love with songwriting. <laughs> like, like above all, I'm just, like, I write way too many songs. Um, I also think, I think anyone who listens to the album, like, I put up such, like, a, like, a, I'm, I'm, I'm tough, I'm fine. I put up a lot of that, that kind of a, a filter, but I think anyone who listens to the album can be, like, that's a baby. <laughs> like, that's a big baby crying to himself, yeah. Conan Gray, you're incredible. Thank you. Thank you for the time and energy today. Thanks for listening to my album. Love ya. Love, Love the too. album. It is spectacular and it deserves your ear. Kid Crow, it is a beautiful body of work and yeah, it's wild. Thanks. Congratulations. Thank you. A spectacular Thank you. debut album. Kid Thank Crow. you. <laughs> Link in the I'm so glad you like it. This podcast is part of the Zach Sang Show Podcast Network.